1: Mojo Five O.
2: And crown thy good With brotherhood From sea to shining sea
1: American Rock Radio, Radio. News, opinion, and a little
0: irreverence From both sides of the 49th Parallel This is American Radio with Mike Phillip. Welcome back to American Radio, everybody. Happy Monday. It's Mike Phillip. Everybody's buddy. (laughs) Unless you're a tyrant. Unless you, uh, you want to tell people how to think, how to speak, then I ain't your friend. I'd be a worst nightmare. As Sylvester Stallone would say, I, uh, I had a good weekend with my family. I really did. Big thanks to Dr. Glidden for, uh, putting out the show that he did. I had several people contact me after asking for advice on different things and, uh, I'm all too happy to do it. At the same time, our good friend uh, Stephen the Leprechaun over in Kentucky had prepared a show and it did not go into the live feed. So we're going to play that uh, at some point this week out of respect for the Leprechaun. leprechaun. Last thing I want to do is waste that man's time when he took the time and effort and energy to uh, make a show for Saturday. Uh, I watched the Super Bowl last night, and it was uh, kind of a boring first half. Uh, the halftime show—I gotta say—we uh, are living in uh, idiocracy. We are. Remember that movie *Idiocracy* by Mike Judge, the guy that made *Beavis and Butthead* and and uh, *King of the Hill* and all that. He made that movie. Idiocracy. And a lot of people have said that was a documentary. Well, I watched the Super Bowl halftime show last night. And I saw a, a 50-year-old woman pole dancing and doing the butt jiggle thing. Jiggling her ass like that's some kind of a talent. And the crowd went wild. Oh, look at JLo. lo She's 50 years old and she can jiggle her ass. And uh, that's that's what is a respectable woman these days, right? Wonderful. I have made a decision. I, I won't be watching that again. And uh, I kind of knew to begin with. But it, it's just gone so far and so uber stupid. You know, uh, like I said, Idiocracy, the the number one... Movie in America was called Ass. Right? Well, last time we had the Ass Time Show. That's is, this is what has happened, and I, I, I just, you know, I'm sitting there with my wife and kids, and I'm thinking, I wouldn't let this woman into my house and to do this, but I just did. And so I'm not on some moral high horse here, but uh, that's the standard that I'm going to uh, hold myself to from now on. Great guest in the second segment today, Canada's Turk 182, Norm Traversy, the man that stopped to help somebody in the line of duty and uh, is being punished to this day. I asked him, we were talking this morning. And I said, do you ever wish you hadn't have stopped? Do you wish you just had gone to work (laughs) and left that guy on the side of the road like uh, in the story of the Good Samaritan? You could have been one of the three that just uh, went about your life. And he said, no, I've got to stop. I have to help people. And in a roundabout way, I've been put in a position where I could help Many more people. Well, Norm is uh, David taking on Goliath. And uh, I love this guy. Uh, I'm proud to call a man like Norm Traversy my friend. We've got him on to give some updates about what he's been up to lately. And uh, the so-called Bowers that be really don't like this guy. And for good reason. First segment... Uh, The biggest spinoff of the coronavirus in Canada is racism. That's right. Uh, Not only do the side effects of the coronavirus include clogged up lungs and death and mass panic, it also is creating a huge amount of racism, which we, you know, we're told we conquered during the civil rights era. But now everybody's a Nazi and racism is coming back because the news told us that uh, a, a deadly disease is coming out of China. But do not hold Chinese people responsible for that. You see how they frame the whole conversation? I'm going to be getting into that. Uh, we've got some beautiful clips of the, uh, the orator in charge, Justin Trudeau, warning us about this particular side effect of the coronavirus. Also, the heritage minister. Think about that, minister, right? Ministers are good. They tell you how to live your life. And, and uh, you know, think about that word, a ministry, a minister. Well, this man, who looks a lot like Hans Gruber, are you ready to play a game, John McLean? right? Hans Gruber, the Heritage minister of Canada, is announcing that they're taking recommendations from, quote-unquote, experts on how to regulate News. That's right. The government of Canada is going to license anybody that wants to give you the news. Well, my website right near the top says news and information from both sides of the 49th parallel. Uh, So you can bet that I'm going to be kicking back like this uh, on this like a mule. Uh, Besides, I'm, I'm an American. And I don't need a license from any Man, my God, my father gave me a brain to look at situations and discriminate. That's right. I can make a judgment call based on my self preservation and that of my family on anything that I want to. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's launch this show, everybody, shall we?
3: Loading program. Please stand by. <laughs>
2: Canada and the United States share the longest, straightest, and possibly boringest borders. Allies. Destiny. Have made a barrel. Sun, and a nice little drink. And American rock radio. <laughs> I, I think that there needs to be some common sense injected into the equation. come and Control me! I want to be your slave.
3: And now, here's your host of
2: American rock radio, Mike
0: Zeller. I was just thinking about what I just said. <laughs> If a 50-year-old woman came in my house and my family and I were sitting on the couch and she started jiggling her ass in front of us, I would say, excuse me, ma'am, uh, you, you've you you've clearly got problems, and uh, I, I would like you to leave. <laughs> Am I oversimplifying? No, it's just a fact. So, uh, yeah, the heritage minister. Heritage minister. Uh, we didn't used to have one. We're told. okay people in this this big corporation called Canada are told that uh, you are the first post national nation you don't have a culture you don't have one but we're going to appoint a man and call him the Minister of Heritage and he'll tell you what your heritage is even though you don't have one we got some sound on that. Let's listen to. It. Oh, and then he walked it back, and the walk back was even more pathetic. But let's let's listen. And they brought this in uh, under the guise of, uh, well, look, Amazon Prime and Netflix are uh, streaming in Canada and reaping huge profits, and they're not paying any taxes to Canadians, right? Well, that's that sounds fair, right? Yeah, we should tax Netflix. First of all, who's we? And I can tax Netflix by canceling a subscription, right? I don't have to watch Netflix. And the thing is, they're just going to pass that cost along to the consumer, right? If you are a uh, consumer of Netflix content, you're paying for it. Well, if that company gets taxed, their shareholders are not going to accept that they get a loss on the the big spreadsheet that every time a number goes up, the part of their brain, uh, the same one as a cocaine addict when he gets a line goes up. They're not going to accept a dip on that spreadsheet, right? They're money junkies. They are, and they can never have enough, right? Growth. We need growth. And so Uh, The Corporation of Canada wants to tax them. But they also want to tell you what is a reputable news service. Let's listen to this jackass on CTV News. The
4: Yale report that was issued last week uh, by an independent panel contained 97 recommendations, uh, including some on the broadcasting rules to adapt those rules to the new digital age. These are very complex issues, and our government will take time to study those recommendations before putting forward regulatory framework that will reflect Canadian values. What are Canadian values?
0: What are they? Don't worry. He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you what your values is because you're too stupid and immoral. And if this guy, Hans Gruber, didn't set the parameters for what is truth and what is lies and who can speak and who can't, who can use their God-given brain to present an argument on a situation Well, you would just uh, inevitably lapse into racism because that's inherently what you are. Thank
4: God they're there to point this out to all of us, huh? So far as news organizations go, the report itself specifically recommends that they be exempted from the proposed spending and discoverability obligations that would apply to other media undertakings. Let me be clear... Our government has no intention to impose licensing requirements on news organizations. Okay. Nor will we try to regulate news content. Oh, that's good. We are committed to free and independent press, which <laughs> is essential to our democracy. Our focus will be, and always has been, oh, to ensure God. that Canadians have access to diverse, to the d- diversity of high-quality and credible news sources. Kind of- we will speak again when we have legislation to present. Ah, we're just, we're just formulating the legislation.
0: And we are dedicated to diversity. They've got to throw that diversity word in there. That's everything, right? Diversity. So according to Hans Gruber, uh, we're not going to uh, stop anybody from doing anything. But what we are going to do is propose a licensing system... In order for you to call yourself a news organization, oh, like uh, Rebel Media or American Oak Radio for that matter, what is a license? Hmm? I mean, broadcasting on public uh, physical airwaves has been licensed forever through the CRTC, the Canadian count- counterpart to the FCC, right? But not online. And they're having a very difficult time controlling the narrative on just about anything. Why? Because the unwashed masses just don't understand that these people are smarter than you and they are your betters. And uh, I'm a minister. That means that I'm here for your betterment, not mine. And besides, we're just taking recommendations from a bunch of experts that you don't know who they are. Uh, They they never asked me. So then, the backlash on this whole thing was huge. Uh, Spencer Fernando, my friend Peter Downing with the Wexit Party, everybody's going on Twitter and saying, You won't tell us how to think. They're just announcing their intentions. They're not going to stop with this. They're not. That's right. Hot, rocky, just rocky. Over in the chat room, a license is asking for permission to do something you should already have the right to do anyway. That's right. If something is licensed, that means you don't have a right to do it. It is permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. It's a simple fact of the matter. So... He uh, walked it back, and the walk back was uh, was absolutely terrible. And, and I believe, actually, the clip that I just played was the walk back. Now, here was... That's right. I, I got my clip screwed up. It happens. I'm human. See, that's why you need a license to broadcast so you don't do what I just did. <laughs> here was a clip from the original statement that received all of the backlash.
3: Question, sir. Who will determine... What trusted news sources are, the government, is it appropriate for the government to determine what's a trusted news source?
4: Uh, first thing I have to say is this is a panel that was created by by our government in, in 2018. Uh, they they went across the country. They they they've met hundreds uh, uh, of people, experts. They've received close to 2,000 uh, submissions uh, uh, as part of their work. And, and the these fears. are rec- recommendations for for the government, as you said initially. There's 97 of these recommendations. So we will be. So it's not the government of Canada saying this is what we're going to do. This oh. panel is making recommendations to us, and we will be. Studying these recommendations very closely. I've heard some people say that, oh my God, you know, uh, the government is going to to, to, to decide what we see on, on the web. Hold on a second. Canada is not about to take over the, the, the World Wide Web. That's not what we're talking about here. Not at all.
0: Yeah, but, but <laughs> sir, to be, to be fair. Well, well, i got to pause it right there. Uh, Canada is not going to take over the World Wide Web, says Hans Gruber, the minister. ...of heritage... ...which you don't have one... ...unless we tell you what it is... Uh, ...that is a straw man argument... (laughs) Uh, ...nobody is worried... ...that Canada is going to take over... ...the world wide web... Uh, ...interesting terminology... ...world wide web... ...usually webs are used to catch prey... ...right... ...same with nets... ...internet... ...usually you catch things with a net or a web... ...but I digress... He says, don't worry about it. And it's not us. It's a panel of experts. We're just going to act on what they tell us.
3: You've got an agency that wants to enhance its scope of powers to determine what's a trusted news source. So the first question will be, who's to define that? You've got uh, a lot of these groups.
4: This is groups, a, re- this is a, a recommendation, Evan. Okay, it's no, but not, they, but they the recommend- CRTC hasn't decided.
0: This is a recommendation. We haven't decided on it yet. But this is where we're going. Double talk. Okay, anything. but they're
3: recommending that? They're recommending that yeah. content re- providers uh, have to register and get a license. So uh-huh. how will this work? How are you going to regulate websites? How are you going to register all that? Are you? Do you buy these recommendations?
0: I got to stop it right there. This affects me. I will refuse to do it. I will. And if it gets too bad, I'm going to have to flee... Uh, to south of the border and i 've got places I can go, but i don 't want to do that i 'd rather stand up to it here to be quite honest with you. Listen to how scary this language is it 's frightening how uh determined these people are and and it 's worth noting that they know that they can 't just announce it they 've got a it 's like a product rollout. It's like a new sandwich at McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they float a trial balloon. Uh, well, we're looking at doing this because, uh, you know, we can't have people lying and saying that it's news. Like the CBC does
4: every single damn day. Well, I mean, one of the recommendations, so you're talking about a a couple of different things here, but as far as the licensing is concerned, is if you're a distributor of content in Canada, and obviously, you know, if you're a a very small media organization requirement probably wouldn't be the same as if you're Facebook or or Google. um, uh, So there would have to be some proportionality. uh. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, Look, the requirement. Think
0: about that word, requirement. You are required to do certain things. And if you're a small Content provider like American Uc Radio, the requirement isn't going to be the same on you, Mike Phillip, as it's going to be on, you know, say Google or Facebook or one of these uh, tech giants.
4: Go on. Hans Gruber, I'm your John McClain. Uh, embedded into this. But we, we would ask that they have a license. Yes. Uh, just yep. like uh, it, right now. do worry about with, it. with the old system in Canada, uh, distributors needed, needed to go been. to the CRTC and, uh, and to have a license. Now, specifically, how would that be done again this is uh, this is one of a number of recommendations made by this panel. We will be studying them uh, very very closely and, and mm-hmm. we, we have said we would we would come uh, we would table a, a bill b- by the end of the year, uh, but we haven't certainly made up our mind uh, on, on on these elements we We are studying the report very closely. It was handed to me a few days ago, so i'm still going through it right
3: now right the- Okay, so here's another concern. I'll just raise some of these red flags. There's a concern that the panel wants to regulate international companies as well. So let me take an example of a controversial site like Breitbart. How would the government force a company like Breitbart, I don't know, the New York Times, Mother Uh Jones, the Daily Mail, how would they force those companies to comply with rules of Canadian content, discoverability, and if they don't comply, what happens? Will Canadians be blocked from accessing international sites?
0: Yes, they will, and that has been the plan all along. And for the benefit of my loyal listeners, I am here it is, against that. Yeah, so I mean, is there going to come a time where if you live inside of the Dominion of Canada that you go to Breitbart.com and you get this little, I'm sorry, but this is not a trusted news service. And they're not licensed to operate in Canada. But don't worry. You can buy a, uh, a, a a a internet package, kind of like your cable TV package, which is any channel that we decide you can have. Uh, this was being talked about many years ago. Many years ago, that the internet will be regulated. It's not going to be the Wild West like it is now. Oh, no, <laughs> no. We've got to tax it. We've got to regulate it. Well just coming out with it now.
2: <clears throat>
4: Go on, Hans Gruber. I don't think that's what's recommended in the report that uh, I don't that think these so sites that be blocked in Canada. I'm frankly I, I I'm not sure. I see what the big deal is. I mean, we have what's the um, big deal? <laughs> an incredible number of international corporations that are operating in Canada in all sorts of sectors, in the financial sector, and. Oh the- uh, wait a minute!
0: The question was: Are Canadians going to be able to look at Breitbart News or an international, uh, a website that's based out of the United States that doesn't meet your high standards and criteria for what the truth is? Well, there's a whole bunch of corporations that are operating in Canada. You didn't answer the question. You're obfuscating.
4: And you're right. Rocky in the chat room. Construction sector and the uh, energy sector. And these companies comply with Canadian rules and, and laws. Oh, we're it's a just like that. State. And th- which, What is true of Canada is true of the United States, and it's true of France and, and Great Britain and Japan. We're just like so the we're U.S. we're asking these companies to do... Uh, to do this extraordinary things that no one else, no other companies have have been asked to do before. We're asking them to simply abide by by the rules and regulations we, that we have in our country. But
3: Minister, uh, digital world is different than shipping logs. And you know that. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the thing is, Canadians have free access to all sorts of international companies that are not based here through the internet. And the the proposal here is to regulate those international companies exactly to the laws. I guess my question is, how the heck will you enforce those
4: regulations? Well, I think what what is being proposed by by the panel I'm is I'm that I'm if I'm you I'm distribute I'm content in in, in like Canada, I do. That there is some ways by which some regulatory body. Right now, the, the the regulatory body that would do that is 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 the CRTC. But we are seeing, I mean, we are seeing regulations and and laws like these ones being de- developed uh, all around the world. It's happening in in Europe right now. It's happening in other countries. Don't worry,
0: this is what the European Union is doing. See, we're just like the rest of it. We're just trying to keep up with the times. They're coming after yours truly, ladies and gentlemen. Stick around for Norm Traversy, Canada's Turk 182
2: on the other side. Dr. Hi, it's Brown. Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them, I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Are
1: you nearly maxed out on your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because i personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800
2: 380 That's eight hundred three eight zero forty two ninety three.
1: Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 452
2: 1075 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075. Having
1: an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart.
0: You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices. MyPatriotSupply.com. American,
1: American, American Radio. Radio. Radio.
0: Welcome back to American Huck Radio, everybody. I can't believe that the first segment is over already. I didn't even get to uh, one of the stories that I wanted to. Uh, perhaps we'll have time towards the end, but it's the kind of thing that uh, I could actually just get into tomorrow. How do you like that? I've already got half of tomorrow's show ready to go. We are joined by Canada's Turk 182, a uh, guy that I'm proud to call my friend, Mr. Norm Traversy. Norm, welcome back to American Huck Radio.
2: Thank you. Glad to be
0: back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you're you're up to your old tricks of being a pain in the ass to all the right people. Uh, just give everybody a little bit of a recap on uh, what got you down this road, very briefly, for any new listeners. Uh, your your brief encounter on the road that fateful day that turned you into David fighting Goliath today. Go ahead, Norm.
2: Okay. Yeah, I was a Mississauga firefighter and uh, injured several times on the job, uh, five recorded concussions, uh, numerous uh, uh, chemical exposures, I fell through a floor in a fire, and I had a roof collapse on me in a fire. And uh, by 2006, I wasn't working fighting fires anymore, I was a public education officer, but I had... uh, at that point in time i had uh, 24 years experience and uh i was an instructor for first aid cpr defib uh, fast water rescue etc and you know i was qualified but i wasn't uh, i wasn't in suppression which is what they call the guys and girls that uh, fight fires and i was in public education i was driving from my beautiful house in aaron ontario and I was driving to work in uniform and I witnessed uh I saw this cloud of dust while I was driving down Mississauga Road. And I thought it was someone plowing a field, but it wasn't. It was a loaded triaxle gravel truck riding the shoulder. And right in front of me, I was going south, he was going north, uh this thing went off the road and into the ditch. And beautiful day in May. And, of course, I stopped and called 911, the first thing I did. And uh, this thing's on its side, and it's leaking fuel. And uh, I just had to do something. You know, there's no one else around, and I thought, this thing's going to catch fire. I'm not going to watch somebody burn to death in a a truck wreck. So uh, at that time, I had serious uh, spinal injuries, but I was kind of pumped up, and I, I jumped a ditch. it it all hurt. But, you know, when you're pumped up like that, you don't really care. And I thought I'd use the lad the, uh, air horns as a ladder and, uh, did that and slipped and fell on my butt that hurt too. And, uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to break the window, uh, and, and haul this guy out. You know, I'm thinking heart attack, stroke, why would someone drive off the road like that for no reason? And, uh, I get up there, and I'm looking down. This face looks up at me. I didn't have to know. We got the window open. I dragged him out, got him away from the truck. I was checking him out, and uh, he didn't have a scratch on him. He was fine. He had dropped his cell phone. He told me, and he was leaning over, trying to pick it up off the floor, and that's why he drove off the road. And uh, the Ontario Provincial Police showed up, the OPP, And they listed me as the only casualty. I could barely stand. And a couple of days later, I went and saw my doctor, and she said, you've re-injured your spinal injury, and here's some drugs. Stay home until you get better, and uh, we'll apply for workplace uh, compensation. And uh, I did what she told me to do. And a few weeks later, no money. I found out that uh, they had approved my claim because I, you know, if you're a firefighter and you're rescuing someone, that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Right. But the fire, the fire chief John McDougal, lying, S.O.B. that he is, uh, he <laughs> called, he called Workman's Comp. John McDougal called Workman's Comp and told him I wasn't a real firefighter. Unreal. And that, uh, yeah, and that uh, they didn't expect. Uh, firefighters to uh, rescue people off-duty, as he said, even though I was in uniform and I was in the city I worked in. Um, that didn't matter. So they cut my pay. I had previously made a complaint about workplace violence, and uh, they suspended me without pay for 14 months. 14 months, no pay. Had a, you know, wife and three daughters Young daughters in school had a mortgage. I had a beautiful house. And uh, after 14 months with no pay, I, they told me I could come back to work. Uh, the, they refused to release the results of the investigation into workplace violence. They kept it uh, hidden to this day. And then I was escorted to a four-foot by five-foot cubicle that they had put for me. And uh, because they they knew I had PTSD, their solution to PTSD in a firefighter was to hang a shower curtain across the uh, cubicle. That's uh, about as humiliating as you can get. But to top it all off, they had a professionally made sign that I've got. I still haven't. I guess I should be charged with theft. And it said, Norman Traversy caged animal. And I was told to sit there and do nothing, just do nothing. And I complained to my union, my union boss, Greg Lang. Uh, he said, what do you care? You got paid every two weeks, same as everybody else. And uh, I was shouted at every day. The, the workplace violence got worse. One of my coworkers, another uh, injured veteran firefighter was thrown over some boxes 60 years old thrown over boxes and his boss jumped on him and started to choke him and uh that was all covered up yeah my ptsd symptoms got worse and worse and the city's own doctor said this you can't you can't go to work and do this this is not appropriate stay home until they get something suitable for you and uh WSIB knew workplace safety board knew about this too, and they didn't care. They thought that was suitable. And I stayed home according to doctor's orders and they fired me. The first Mississauga firefighter fired in something like 30 years. Right. <laughs> and the other, yeah. And the other one was fired for rape and, uh, and wasn't a firefighter was an inspector. So I was the first and, uh, I've been fighting them ever since. Uh, it's been 14 years now. I lost my home. Uh, I had a 3,000-square-foot brick house on uh, three-quarters of an acre on a cul-de-sac, backing onto the woods, and uh, had a 40 something 1000 dollars mortgage on a $700,000 house. I lost that, lost everything I own. and uh, WSIB wouldn't do a thing for me. My union wouldn't do a thing for me. Uh, I wrote to them several times, begging them to help me. Nope, you're gone. See you later. So that was the state I was at. I thought, there are no rules in this country. There are no laws. Nothing applies. You know, a corporation uh, like the corporation city of Mississauga will always prevail over just some schlub like me. I'm a disposable person. Yeah. And I think in, in Canada... I don't know about the states, but in Canada, first responders like firefighters and uh, ambulance cops, they're disposable people. Oh, make no you mistake, know,
0: get- Norm. Make no mistake. The U.S. government uh, shifted over to a corporation in 1871, but that's a topic for another day, but uh, definitely a big topic. But go on, Norm.
2: Okay, so I moved to Ottawa. Uh My kids are now grown up, they're out of school, and they're doing quite well. And I saw a video of uh, Brenda Lucky, who's, uh, I don't know, some kind of lesbian soy boy. (laughs) I don't know what the hell she is. But uh, she was uh, inaugurated as the commissioner of the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and uh, the highest ranking police officer in Canada, and at her inauguration parade, she's in dress uniform, and she's saluting, and while she's saluting, Justin Trudeau walks up to her and kisses her on both cheeks and gives her a hug. And I thought, right. what contempt. Yeah. What yeah. contempt that man has for that, that person and for the office of commissioner of the RCMP. What contempt so he thinks he can do that. And that just... Some, some switch just flipped over in me and I thought, I've had it. I'm going after the top guy. I'm yep. not just going after Mississauga. I'm going after the Prime Minister. And that's but, where this uh,
0: starts. And that's where this starts. The rest was just background and that's what brings us to where we are today and your initial court appearance where they they locked you out of the court. Get into that a little bit and what we're Okay. Today. Um,
2: I have thought There is something in the Criminal Code of Canada that was put in, I think it was 2012, and I believe it's Section 507 of the Criminal Code of Canada, and that states that any individual can lay a private prosecution, and that means you can charge someone with a crime if you are aware of them committing a crime. Right. Much the same as you can do a citizen's arrest.
0: In fact, you have an obligation and a duty to. As, as I understand it, but go on.
2: Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, and uh, and so you do have a duty. Well, Justin Trudeau was involved in this SNC Lavlan affair, and uh, he was obstructing justice. Yeah, uh, there were letters from uh, a number of uh, former attorney generals saying that he had broken the law, and the RCMP should investigate. The RCMP was not investigating, so I took it on myself to lay a private prosecution against Justin Trudeau for obstruction of justice and for conspiracy to obstruct justice and uh, one time I had gone to file a private prosecution this was uh against the workplace safety board for fraud and they actually had the police escort me out of the building so that I wouldn't or couldn't file the private prosecution uh, this last time, I filed in August of of 2019 uh, the fraud and conspiracy charges against Justin Trudeau, and they said your hearing's going to be in nine days.
0: Don't those police don't belong to the same union?
2: No. No. Okay. But as, I'm, I'm, as mine? Yeah. Not as mine. No. Okay. No. Mine is the International Association of Firefighters, based in Washington. So all Canadian firefighters are part of the American Union.
0: Right, but the point uh, I was getting at is that uh, those cops, I mean I've had several former RCMP officers approach me because basically the same thing happened with them. They got screwed over at work and the whole system completely turned their back on them. So you guys that are out there enforcing this stuff for your corporate overlords, uh, they're going to, uh, they won't be afraid to stick it in you and break it off too. That's my message to you guys, but uh, go on,
2: Norm. That's quite, that's quite right. Yeah. So I filed in August. They said September 4th is going to be your hearing. I paid uh, a lot of money to have a witness uh, come out from uh, near Hamilton, a six hour drive for him Yeah, and put him up in a hotel. And uh we showed up for the pre oncot hearing it is. And this hearing is where you lay out your evidence and you tell your story and you try and convince a judge that this should go forward to trial. So it's a pre trial, pre on it's called. Preliminary hearing. So I was there Yeah, that's right. That's what you'd call it. Yeah. And so I was there with my witness and uh they said, Oh, the judge is sick. So this is the Ottawa courthouse. It's huge. You know, you'd think there'd be another judge. But they said, no, the judge is sick. Your hearing's going to be October the 7th. <laughs> that's, that's only a month away. Right. That's no big deal. So once again, I pay for this guy to drive out from Hamilton. Yeah. Put him up in the Marriott Hotel. We're there. Uh, he had prepped me the day before. He's an expert. His name's Gary McHale, and uh, there's a, uh, the Supreme Court has actually named a principal after him, and it's called the McHale Principle, and it's concerning how much evidence you need to have a private prosecution go forward. So I had over 200 uh, documents, documentary evidence. I had 10 thumb drives with phone calls between Gerald Butts and other people uh, haranguing uh, the Attorney General of Canada, Jody Wilson-Raybould, I had those, and I was prepared. So yeah. we showed up nine o'clock for a nine thirty hearing, and the door's locked. I'm knocking. The door's locked. We nobody's stood outside home. that. Nobody's home. Yeah, and we stood outside that door with me knocking every couple of minutes, politely knocking, and that door was locked, and nobody opened the door. My name should have been posted with Trudeau's name outside the door. There's no record of this at the front desk or at the door. And at uh, just after 10 o'clock, the door opens and a bunch of other people went in. And we went in. I, I went with Gary McHale and I went with a couple of other witnesses. And we sat down and uh, the clerk told us to leave because it was another matter. Now, how the clerk recognized me yeah. is beyond me. How did, how did that clerk know to ask me to leave? when They were like, expecting you. People? Exactly. So I got the transcript. And it turns out on the transcript, which I've paid for, it's a, it's a legal transcript, that at 9.31, the hearing commenced. And that's while I'm standing there knocking. They had yeah. the hearing. And they stayed it for lack of evidence using the McHale principle. Wow. Now, lack of evidence when they wouldn't even let me in there, and I had McHale with me, he was there. And they stayed it, and the whole thing took less than five minutes to stay it for lack of evidence. They knew what they were doing. They were obstructing justice deliberately. Again obstructing it now i've got the names of the people that were there and there will be consequences for them because i'll be filing a private prosecution against them and i'm also i then went to the federal court now the court i was at was called the ontario court of justice and then above that there's a divisional court and above that there's a superior court and above that is the federal court and above that is the supreme court so I went to the federal court and laid a complaint and asked for a judicial inquiry and something called a writ of mandamus. And a writ of mandamus is when a higher court tells a lower court to get their act together and do their job. And right. uh, I got I got a two and a half paragraph reply saying, "Oh, not our jurisdiction." And I had said, "Look, my my uh, Section 15 Charter of Rights and Freedoms." rights were were breached they were violated and section 15 of the canadian charter of rights and freedoms states that no one is above the law and everyone is equal before the law and everyone has equal access to the judicial system well locking me out of a courtroom to protect justin is breaching section 15 and uh, the uh, the federal court said, "Well, not our jurisdiction. We're not going to deal with this." Whoa! Wait so, a minute. What? 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 Not our jurisdiction. Not- We're not going to deal with it.
0: Well, uh, well, that's a what you'd call a teachable moment,
2: isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm going back. To, I'm going back two rungs down to the divisional court, tasked with the same thing. But then I thought, okay, they've they've breached my my uh, my charter of rights and freedoms, and I went with uh, another person who videoed this. Uh, it's on video. I went to the Canadian Human Rights Commission. This
0: video is going to be coming oh, out right away, right?
2: Uh, yeah, it okay. is. But actually, I should say that I did a written complaint to the uh, Canadian Human Rights Commission, and. Uh, uh- I got I didn't get a written answer. I got a phone call. And it was from a woman named Jennifer DV and you can call her at the Canadian Human Rights Commission. She works there. And in the phone call, she told me that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms does not apply in the Ontario judicial system. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Like I thought they apply- it, it applied everywhere. Mhm. But that's that's what she told me. So I wanted to get this in writing. I knew she'd called me because she didn't want to put it in writing. So I went with another person with a video camera, and this happened about uh, four days ago. And I went to the Canadian Human Rights Commission. I live in Ottawa, and all these organizations are based out of Ottawa, so I've got access to them. So I went to the Human Rights Commission. Uh, We went in there. And right away, the guards are saying, don't video this. Don't film. We don't want this filmed. And that should be an eye-opener. Right. And I said, it's a public building. You know, and uh, unfortunately, the person videoing uh, obeyed and put a lens cap on his camera. That is unfortunate. uh, uh, Yeah. 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 But you know what? We probably would have been arrested if we'd have kept on with this. Yeah. Yeah anyhow I said look I'm just standing here I'm standing there with a brown envelope which has a letter in it addressed to Jennifer DeV a human rights analyst at the Canadian Human Rights Commission and asked and demanding a written reply within 30 days it's a two-page letter nothing to it right hello yeah go on okay okay uh, anyways uh, the the security people said well just put it in this wooden box here and it all gets collected at four o'clock and uh i said we're all paying for these people i want to see a person i want a human to come here and i want to deliver this to jennifer deedy next thing you know there are seven security people around me there's a cop there's a private security there's commissioners. Seven of them
0: around me, and, and let's just get this clear: a commissioner in private security has no more jurisdiction to order you around than, say, a mall security guard.
2: Yeah, a, a crossing guard has more authority,
0: right? <laughs> they at least have a little stop sign and a yellow vest.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you have to, and you have to stop when they say stop, right? <laughs> he, so I've I've got all this security. I, there was one cop though, so he had. Um, so all this security's there. I'm standing with the brown brown envelope, and I said, "Look, I want I want to talk to Ms. Devi." And uh, eventually, uh, a, guy, a couple of guys in suits came down, and uh, this Uh-oh. guy's name was Piet. Well, this guy's name is Pietro, something Italian. Yeah. And I said, Do "You know, what, an unusual name." And I said, Do "You know, I've written to you before, and you've written back to me." And he says, "Well, probably," and. Uh, turns out he's the big boss, the head honcho there at the Human Rights Commission. So I handed him the envelope, and he took out the letter, and I said, this is addressed to Ms. Devi, does she work here? And he said, yes. And he kind of scanned it for a few seconds, and uh, we shook hands. And I said, look, I've been locked out of the Ottawa Courthouse for a scheduled hearing, and that's a violation of Section 15 of my Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I said, "Does that?" And I've been told by Ms. Deeby that this does not apply in the Ontario judicial system. Is that correct? And he says, "I think it might be." <laughs> I said, what? "I don't know. What are you asking me for?" <laughs> yeah. I said, "What?" He says, "And and uh, we deal with the Bill of Rights." Well, oh. The Bill of Rights. Okay. All right. The The Bill of Rights is a law passed by the Canadian government. Yeah, and that concerning human rights. There's also the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is, uh, since 1982, it's part of the Canadian Constitution.
0: Wow, you'd think that we've got all kinds of avenues to use here. We've got a Bill of Rights, a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, a Constitution, and it turns out that you have no protections and you have no legal authority to charge a sitting prime minister who is a private citizen with a crime.
2: Yeah, and uh, he said, we deal with the Bill of Rights. And I said, well, who deals with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? And he said, federal court. I said, I've been to the federal court. I went there a month ago. And they said, they've got no jurisdiction. And he says, well, that's their, that's their jurisdiction. So you're getting the runaround. So obvious, well, not just a runaround. These people are lying to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so uh, that was that. Uh, we left, uh, made some more video, and tomorrow the plan is is that I am going to go with the, my videographer to Quebec, just across the river, and we're going to Gatineau, where election Can- Elections Canada is based. And I have filed a complaint with Elections Canada about this. I said, this is tampering with a federal election. Because if I would have been able to present my evidence and tell my story, the media would have latched onto this and we would have had a different outcome to this election. You right, know, I right. don't think he's already only got a minority government. I think if this would have gone forward and criminal charges were laid, then he would have lost the election. So this, this election was thrown. And so I'm going to Elections Canada tomorrow. I, I called them about this, and they said, "Oh no, I don't think the the uh, the Elections Act was uh, was breached." Yeah. Well, I think it was. <laughs>
0: oh, and, but they uh, so they now- sure hold in Ezra Levant for writing a book during the election.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to the same people, at, that went after uh, uh, Ezra Levant, and the woman's name is Mylene Jizou, and. uh, she is the chief investigator at Elections Canada, and she's the one that went after Ezra Levant. And uh, the investigators were Tim Mackin, M-A-C-K-I-N. He's ex-RCNP. Right. Paul Couture. Paul Couture is ex And Louise Penitent is the chief investigator against Ezra Levant. Well, I'm going to go see those people tomorrow. If they'll see me, they'll probably throw me out. But if anyone wants to call Mylene Jijou, G-I-G-O-U, you can reach her at 879-939-2253.
0: Uh-oh, she's going to get an army of jackals calling her office now. Norm, we've got to wrap it up. I'm out of time. Uh, Put a bow on it.
2: I'm not going away. I've got a lot of people supporting me. Uh, please go to my website, which is justiceforcanada.ca. All one word, justiceforcanada.ca. Uh, I post everything that I can up there, and um, links to videos. And um, I think I think I've got them cornered.
0: Uh, and you I know do. what we're going to be reporting on it here on Americanuck Radio. We're firmly on your side in all this Norm. Thank you so much for coming back. Well, oh, I just got show. I got
2: to ask you one thing. Am I authorized to even talk to you? Uh I, I you am have, not do You have a
0: license? I am not a licensed news agency as of yet. We're working on it. We've got an army of lawyers and uh <laughs> <laughs> So I might be reporting I, I,
2: people too. should know that our heritage minister Oh, I, I did, hey,
0: anybody listening to the show, I went through it for the whole first segment with sound bites and the whole bit, Norm. So, yeah,
2: you're preaching to the choir. Okay, Norm, so, I, I, so I'm not, I'm I'm in trouble for talking to you. You're then.
0: talking to fake news. Everybody, Norm Traversy on American Hawk Radio. Norm, we've got to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We always appreciate you. Norm is a hero for truth in an unjust time. They're trying to silence him, but you know what? Good luck with a guy like Norm. This is Mike Phillip on American Huck Radio. Stay tuned for Sam Sorbo, the wife of Hercules, on Mojo 5 Have a great day, everybody. See you Tuesday.